Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host. And today, my guest is Jonathan West, who has a podcast called Being Husband Podcast. It's a awesome, fantastic podcast for all you men out there. Uh, go listen to it. It's a very biblically centered podcast on being a husband and being a man and what that means. And we actually get into a lot of that in this episode, talk about uh, how this idea of this podcast came to be and his processes for creating the shows and the content and more so uh, it's what he's going through himself. And he gets into a lot of that and it's just him sharing what he's learning and growing through as a husband and soon to be father. Uh, I can't, he actually breaks the news to me in this day that we talked on this show that uh, they were expecting their child. And then a couple weeks later, he posted on Instagram. So I kind of felt lucky getting one of the early inside scoops on that one. Uh, but soon to be father as well. Uh, and we talk a lot about that. It's actually, we, we go uh, super biblical and scriptural here. He, he talks a lot about why that is uh, the center of what he does with his work. And it's, it's an awesome story. It's super great. So, uh, and then we also get into the project that he did with Blood Origins, the the hunting organization, and basically took him on his first uh, big game hunt and filmed it and made a little short documentary out of it. And it's awesome if you want to go watch it. Uh, go to Blood Origins and you can find the, the video that they made there. And he talks about that experience and how it really kind of changed him and his outlook on, on food and nourishment and providing for his wife and family. And it's just an awesome story. So we talk a little bit about his experience with that project as well. So uh, before we get into the episode, you know what I'm going to talk about now. Uh, go do the normal rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already yet. Really helps the show to be seen. And I really appreciate those of you that have done it and reach out and let me know that you're digging the show. Uh, it makes it 
makes me, you know, feel good that we've got a handful of listeners that really dig what we're doing. And that number continues to grow. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm not concerned about the number just as much as the the message that we're doing and the content. And it's fun for me to talk to rad people, which is the whole reason I did this in the first place. So uh, thank you for those of you that have done that. So without further ado, here is the conversation with Jonathan West. I start talking and then it does a countdown like this, and I always have to like, damn, I missed it. <laughs> there's the there's the countdown. This is cool. I like this. All right, welcome to the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host today. Mr. Jonathan West of Being Husband Podcast is with me. Thanks for joining me, my friend. Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. This is a it's a good time. This is a, a collaboration we've been we've been waiting to do i think but yes. it's good to be here i'm excited today's a double show day i just was on jonathan's podcast we just did an mm-hmm. episode right before we hopped on this so we're just mm-hmm. getting deep today for getting it done yes <laughs> it's awesome so um i wanted to start with the podcast that you have is great by the way thank uh, you man yeah I appreciate it's, it it's awesome so i wanted to, i wanted to ask and have you give a little bit of background on yourself mm-hmm. a but then B, like how your journey led into like what made you want to create this podcast and why and kind of how it came to be. So mm. fire away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's, all right. So my background, uh, I am just a guy uh, <laughs> that is married to a, a woman that I've been with since we were in high school, actually. Awesome. Uh, we are high school sweethearts. We grew up together, um, got got married uh, out of college, and have been together five years. Five years. It'll be five years this year. Nice. So, so yeah, around, around the same time as yeah, you, man. Same, uh, same stories so, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I've been, been with her uh, a long time. And uh, the Be a Husband podcast really – so I was doing a podcast before called Hume. Mm-hmm. And Hume was like – I'm an etymology nerd, mm-hmm. so I, I like to look up the root words mm-hmm. of, you know, like the history of words. Yeah. And I started Hume because the idea of that was to try to illustrate, okay, humble and and human have the same root word, mm. which is – Humus in Latin, which means of the ground. And it's funny because we know that about people. We know that about men. When when we say he's a really down to earth kind of guy, he's a really salt of the earth kind of guy. We we say these things and we really don't pay attention to like what we're really doing. And 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 I really just wanted to articulate that to be humble was to be human, was to be grounded. And I wanted to kind of tie that knot together based on what's what salvation kind of has done in Christ, right? Being humble before God makes us more human and being Mm. more prideful makes us more animal to some extent. And Mm. so I really wanted to kind of tie that together, but it was very heady, very, very uh, (laughs) heady. And there was a lot of guys that were like, Jonathan, you're like a talking brain. I don't really want to have a conversation (laughs) about, uh, you know, the root words of things. I want to have a conversation that's going to be practical for me as a man and me as a husband. And so I had guys that were telling me that kind of off to the side or whatever. Um, But then I'd had this dream some years before and I don't give a lot of stock to dreams, but some years before I'd had this dream that I had had a a focus group with guys that were saying, Hey, we want you to start a podcast, but we want it to be about 
men's stuff. Mm. And so I wrote down back in 2017, I was going to create a site and a podcast mm-hmm. about being a husband. And I sat on it for like two years. I didn't do anything for being a husband until 2019. Crazy. And 2019, I said, all right, we're going to do it. I'm going to do Hume. And then, no, you're not going to do Hume. You're going to do being a <laughs> husband. <laughs> and that's really how it came to be, man. Awesome. And um, and started recording. It, it, first, it was me and one of my buddies. Then it was me and two of my buddies. And now it's just me. Okay. Um, and and it, it's been really good because what it's caused me to do, Ross, is uh, – is to really get in the word and to hold me accountable because when I'm going through the word and I'm seeing what, you know, Paul has written about marriage and I'm seeing about, I'm seeing what God's intention for marriage was in Genesis. I'm holding that up in conjunction with myself and I'm asking myself, okay, are you, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for? Are you protecting her against uh, evil influences, right? Like Adam didn't protect Eve. You know what I'm saying? He was sitting there with his hands in his pockets. You know what I'm saying? Trying to make sure that he wasn't stepping on her toes. (laughs) 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 And, uh, and, and so what it does and what a lot of people don't, don't, uh, don't always understand is that, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to articulate is I'm reading this and I'm holding myself up and I'm trying to see, do I measure up with the litmus test? And what I'm hoping to invite other men to do is to do that in their own lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so being a husband is, is a project primarily about uh, creating a culture around men that go out and build culture. Cause that's me being an etymology nerd, right? Yeah. Going back to that to husband, something is to cultivate it. It's to make sure that it flourishes. That's why we get the words like animal husbandry and things like that. Yeah. It is, is this idea of a, a man that is kind of a farmer. And what I want to do is really kind of impart that uh, journey with other men that, 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 that want to do that. That in scripture and that want to take on that mantle of being a man that is a husband and then later on as, as a father as well. So what is the process for the actual show as you've, mm-hmm. as you're talking about these lessons and the things that you're experiencing yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and it's just sharing your own experiences. Like we're, we're super similar in that regard with mm-hmm. the content that we put out. And we just talked about it for an hour on your show. Like it, we're very similar people, right? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. like very similar yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, we do things yeah. for the same reasons. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm curious about like when you're going into outlining what you want to talk about on the show is there a process that you go through where it's just what you're currently you know experiencing yourself or do you how how do you go through and and cultivate what it is that you're going to share and how you go about it yeah man that's a great question so um a lot of times it is just things that i go through Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's also, you know, ideas that the Lord gives me, right? If if the Lord kind of puts something on my heart or on my mind to speak about, then then I'll speak about that. But mm-hmm. I try to focus primarily on marriage mm-hmm. and primary. So primarily on marriage and then secondarily on being a man in a marriage and what that means. And there, there's a lot of conversation in culture that would suggest that um, there's no distinction 
you know, between what a man is and what a woman is in a marriage. And scripture just doesn't bear that out. And reality doesn't really bear that out, yeah. right? When, when when something goes bump in the night, you don't send your wife down to go figure out what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She, and, she, and she's not going down there whether you want her to or not. She's going to see you down there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and 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 there's a, there's a reason for that. Like the 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 God has positioned and created man with testosterone. He's made him to be a protector. That's that's his role, and and, and to be a provider, and and to be someone that that lead. So it's not it's not a question that people always ask me. It's not a question of. Uh, are women capable of those things? Right. That's that's obvious. Women can do a lot of things that men can do, but it is to say our marriages are reflect a reflection of how Christ deals with His church, mm. and so the church doesn't do f- as much service for Christ, and like the, the church doesn't protect Christ. Mm. Christ protects the church. The church doesn't give to Christ. Christ gives to the church, and so. If we're really going to be uh, men of of uh, high caliber and we're really going to take that uh, role of husband serious, mm-hmm. then we need to take time to reflect on that every day. And so I really do. I I spend a lot of time in my morning, you know, dealing with the Lord before I go into the gym, and I just ask Him. I say, "Hey, man, <laughs> how's it looking?" <laughs> and I and I right now I'm reading through Romans, and yeah. um, you know, as I read through Romans, and I kind of reflect on a lot of the things that Paul wrote there. Um, God's like, Hey, you're, you're doing all right, but here's, here's how you could shore it up a little bit. And, yeah. and, and, and then over time, you know, just after a week's over, I usually write my episodes on Friday and then I record Sunday morning and I release Monday morning. Okay. And so, you know, after spending a week, just kind of dealing with the Lord in devotion, uh, around Friday, I'll go in and I'll say, all right, this is what I got to talk about. This is what we got to say yeah. and write it out wake up Sunday morning before church and before my wife and then hit the record button, say what I need to say. And, um, yeah. It's like a then, pastor then, preparing a sermon. <laughs> it's about right. <laughs> it's about right. Well, and see my dad's, a, that's a lot of people. A lot of people don't know that my dad's a pastor. Mm. My dad's a so pastor. You know, you know how that all breaks out pretty good. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. And I, and I, uh, I, I at one point, I always knew that I was kind of called to the ministry, but I knew it wasn't in the context of the four walls. Like I knew it was going to be something yeah. uh, different than that. Cause I knew, I knew that I wanted to share what God had been sharing with me to other people. And I, and I do um, on a regular basis with the show, but I just, I didn't think the pastor role was the move um, right. at, the, at the time. And I thought I could be more effective as a, as a lay member and just as a brother, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To other guys and just say, Hey man, I, I'm I'm struggling too, man. Let's let's yeah. get it together. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's me and you work hard together. Like, I just left a buddy. You know, we just went to the gym, and he's 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 in my small group at church. And um, you know, when we go in there, he's like, man, I just feel like I'm I'm so far behind. I said, like, hey, man, like I'm not where I need to be either. Yeah. In regards to lifting weights, and in regards to you know uh, who I need to be as a man, who God's called me to be as a man. But mm-hmm. me and you are in the trenches together. And and that's really the 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 approach that I take, man. And 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 the process for my show is really just living life with with other yeah. men that that go through the same things that I do. And I just try to shed light on what I've learned. So in in that regard, and and you've been the podcast is what about two years now? That you've two been, years, yep, mm-hmm. yep. So 
in that time, and I'm already realizing this uh, through all of the recordings of the show that I've done so far. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I've done like 14 or 15 different interview episodes and a handful Excellent. of solo shows. So I'm just like, Excellent. I've got the next like handful of months like already mapped out. <laughs> Good but, for you. But the whole process, uh-huh. um, I can already see all of these areas that I'm I'm getting information and knowledge and, and mm-hmm. applicable things and things that I can apply to my life. That I'm already, it's already changing how I'm conducting following interviews and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like it's already implementing, and even just in my normal life and my training. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like in the last two years, mm-hmm. what have you noticed as like growth in yourself as a result of this show? Mm-hmm. Like, is there something that you can <laughs> see that's changed, like just from doing this show? That's a great question, Ross. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of things, man. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think has been really, really evident is, um, well, I'll say two things, patience and boldness, which don't mm-hmm. seem to go together. But what I found when I was first starting the podcast is I was trying to be, uh, I, was try- I, I was bold, but I was trying to be careful um, because I, I wanted to make sure that everybody liked me. Mm-hmm. And the longer that I did the podcast, the more I realized this isn't about me. Fundamentally, like this, yeah. this, this podcast is about helping my brother out. And so whether or not my brother likes what I have to say or not, you know, he might, you know, he might be, for example, I, I might have a brother that's, that's cheating on his wife. I don't need him to like me. I need him to stop doing that behavior because we got to hold each other accountable. So I got to say, hey, man, you're you're, you're kind of being a, a dick right now. Like you need to not be cheating on your wife. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And, and piece of it, but the patience piece of it has really been, you know, when you say something like that, then you have to understand, all right, well, I got to be straight up with this guy, but I also have to deal with this man because right. he's, he's, there's a reason that that happened, right? There's, there's some, there's some sin there that's not been exposed and there's some, habits there that have not been addressed. And so I, I got to really, like I said, when I say I'm in the trenches, mm-hmm. like I've got to be in the trenches. And then you take that as well with when in relationship to your wife. There's a lot of guys that when they're husbands and they start kind of getting on the, you know, biblical patriarchy train, right? They're like, all right, I'm going to leave this household and this is going to be how it's done and yada, yada, yada. And that whole kind of deal. And you, you get to a place where you start barking out orders, but you, number one, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. <laughs> it's the first thing. Uh, so you check yourself. But the second thing is, is that you're not understanding that there's a whole amount of sin and programming and worldview that's going on over here with your wife that you've not been patient in dealing with and you've not brought, you're not bringing her to a place. You're trying to bark orders and just expect her to go. You're trying to type in code on a computer and that's not how humans operate, my dude. Like there's a, there's a long, there's a long history of things that have gone on in, in her, in her life. And really um, many of which, Maybe you know about it, maybe you don't. I would say that, you know, before you get married, for the guys that aren't married on the show, get to know a lot of those things beforehand. Right. Um, but if you've been with her and you know them already, then you have to understand that it's going to take time yeah. for for her to grow, perhaps in the way that you want her to grow. Um, and the more important thing, the more prudent thing I would say in a marriage is the patience is going to come when you are working on your own stuff. 
-hmm. when you're being introspective with the Lord, when you're asking God for his guidance, you'll become as a result a more patient guy because you realize how much you screw up and you're like, dang, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I get it now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's easy. It's easy to bark commands when I don't have to do them, but when I have to do them, then I might have a bit of, bit of patience with somebody that doesn't get it the first time. You know what I mean? My wife and my brothers. Absolutely. And it really ties into even what we were talking about on, on your show that we just recorded. It's that whole idea of, Fixing internally, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before you can do anything outwardly. Bingo. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. in so many things, that's the core of growth, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it's completely ineffective if you're going to start, like you said, barking orders or, or, or doing anything <laughs> outwardly. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have, it's the, the take the log out of your own eye. Bingo. Like, I mean, that's Bingo. it. When it if, if you want to attach a verse to it, I mean, that's the whole. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's it, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, and, and notice what he says there. He says, "Take the log out of your own eye, so that you can see appropriately hmm. how to take the speck out of your brother's hmm. eye and your or your neighbor's eye, right? Your hmm. wife being your neighbor or your brother. You, you're not going to be able to clearly cut to the core of what that person is dealing with. So you really when you really can't be bold and address it because you're you're kind of shooting at blanks if you don't have your eyesight together. Right. But when you got yours together, you can say, you know what? I know what that looks like. It's not this guy's a sleazeball cheating on his wife. It's that his wife has been uh, real disrespectful and he's wallowing in his own self-pity. And as a result, he's going on to do this thing here. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you can't, you gotta, you gotta know where your sin is at mm-hmm to be able to clearly see that because you've probably, here's the thing, what I found, I'm going to tell you this, and this is, this is, this is me being raw and real. Mm-hmm. I used to look at men that cheated on their wives as the scum of the earth. I mean, just the worst men, awful men. I was like, dude, like what a disgusting piece of da, 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 da. just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Telling my brother about his spec and I got a log in mine. And, and it wasn't until I was able to walk it back and sit with myself and say, have I ever looked at a woman in such a way? And the answer overwhelmingly was yes. How many times is really the question. It's not a matter of have I, it's a matter of how many times have I looked at a woman in that way? Mm -hmm. And it was from there I was able to say, you know what? I get it. Not saying that it's condonable, but I'm saying I understand. And I'm going to tell you as a brother, boldly, you got to quit doing that. But here's why you got to quit doing that. Because I've been through it. I know what you. I know what you, what's going on. I've, 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 I've seen how you could get to that point. I may never have done the activity, but I've seen right. how you could do that. And here's what I learned during that time. And I think that 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 verse right there is really getting at that. You can't ever help anybody if you've not dealt with yourself in a similar fashion. Absolutely. And I want to take that into the direction of kind of what, at least in our relationship through IG and stuff and the kind of accounts that we interact with a lot, mm-hmm. it's a lot to do with bringing back sort of masculinity in that sense where true masculinity mm-hmm. is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Toxic, mm-hmm. I don't think exists because if it's true masculinity, Agreed. it's not toxic if it's if it's toxic it's not a dude being masculine 
No, 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 right? no. Beta. <laughs> and so I'm curious, like with your, with the show, but then also just with your interactions through social media and stuff like that, like where are you seeing culturally? Mm. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these things that are, are cropping up that we as men need to deal with and how mm-hmm. we go about that. Like, what are you seeing in, in all of that? Yeah. I got to address, um, I, I got to address the wave of strong men writing about being strong men. I, yeah. I, I have a great relationship with Will at Ren- Renaissance of Men. Yeah. And, and I've become great friends. Um, I, I've got a good relationship with Blood and Rain. I see, I, I think you and him are, are yeah. co, co-friends on it. Yeah. So, so all these different accounts, man, um, masculine revival. I mean, there's Ajak. We talked about him. I could go on. And so if, if, if I didn't, if I didn't mention you, it's not because I, I didn't think about you. I'm thinking <laughs> about you, but there's a bunch of y'all. Man. Right. Yeah. A t- and, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, because what I think what we really needed, uh, having gone through this whole 2020 situation was we really needed, uh, strong and wise men, men that were skillful and men that were wise and men that were, had a strength character and, and what I'm seeing is both a wave of that going on. And then another wave of people that are like, where did all this come from? You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. another huge wave of yeah, people, yeah, yeah. particularly women. I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, kind of femininity accounts as well that are just like, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm so, let me tell you, so there's a huge amount of things happening on Instagram. There is a wave of men doing men's work. There's a wave of women doing women's work. There's a wave of uh, people that weren't previously Christian wanting to interact with Christian people yeah. so that they can understand the faith a little bit more because they they recognize, and, and a lot of people, I'll say this, a lot of people recognized, I think, in 2020 that they needed they needed something to help get them through suffering. Exactly. And, you know, no disrespect to, you know, the new age people. I don't mean any disrespect on you personally, but there's something about that movement. And I've talked to people that have said this. I, the people that have told me that have new age and then recently, you know, converse to Christianity or at least entertaining that thought that are saying, you know, it couldn't get me through the hard time of 2020. Mm. It was, it was so difficult of a year that there was no amount of manifesting or enlightening that I could do to help me get to a place where I could be okay. And it, it's, it's amazing to see, but you read the book of Job and that's exactly what it is. Everything was taken from that man. And Job was, got to a place where he was actually questioning God and God was like, listen, I made this whole thing, boss, and I'm going to get you through it. But but there's a there's a reason that I make you go through hardship. And I think that what we're what we've seen in 2020, man, with everything, what I've seen is people realizing that they need they need a strength that is higher than themselves. They need the power that comes from God, because you don't you don't make it through 2020 or 2021 or really anything yeah. in life. You don't make it through the hard times in life without that strength. You need that. 
You know what I'm saying? When the chips are down and you're down and out, especially for men that are leading households, you need a strength that's beyond your bench press. Your bench press is great. It's built a lot about, it's built a lot of your character, but you need something deeper than that to then be able to bring to your wife and say, look, this is where we got to go. This is rough. I understand. This is what we got to do. And this is how I'm going to help us get there. Will you, and, and invite her into that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's what I've seen, man, is just a wave of people recognizing that uh, they need strength from God to deal with the weight of reality and what we're up against right now. I think that's interesting because it count that that specifically, and I think you're spot on, but it we were talking before we record right here about this last year has has created the most complete distrust in any earthly institution than has like ever existed before. Like people don't trust (laughs) anything. And honestly, that's, I see that as positive. It's a net positive. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because the reason that so much of the, the junk that we're dealing with right now is because people have just overwhelmingly without thinking about it, just said, Oh, you know, what's best government, like all this kind of (laughs) stuff. And that's where, that's why things have been falling apart. And yeah. it's there's no earthly institution that mm-hmm. will ever uphold what you think it should uphold. Yes, yes, and no earthly institution that really cares about you. Yeah. Um. As a as a soul, right? right? Because that's the thing is like, you could say that they care about your particular plight or your issues, and that's debatable, right? Because you say anything to get in office. But what about my soul, though? Like, I mm-hmm. I, I I need somebody to help me helped me deal with the fact that like I had some traumatic stuff happen in my childhood that is coming to the surface right now during this COVID lockdown. And I got depression and, and my wife said that she's going to leave because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too emotional or just like a myriad of different things. You need God to come to you and say, I got you and you and I'm going to give you what it takes to get out of this situation. Joe Biden and Donald Trump cannot say that realistically. Right. They can say it all they want. <laughs> they can say it all they want, but they can't do it. You know what I'm saying? They can't do it. And, 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 and that's what I think people really, really are coming to terms with is that no, you know, uh, I, I like Cam Haynes. Um, he's got a quote that says, nobody cares, work hard, harder. Yeah. And I, and I love that it's gritty, but I, but I would add nobody cares, work harder and receive the strength. Mm. And that's the thing about it is that no one out there really understands what's going on in here. Mm. But if you can look to the father and receive the strength, you know what I'm saying? You can continue to work hard. You can keep going. You know, it says that, you know, in scripture, you know, they that wait on the Lord, you know, shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that's really what we got to get into, man, uh, as, as, as men of households is a strength that goes beyond us, a strength that is higher than ours so that we can keep going, you know? Absolutely. I want to ask, because you actually asked a similar question to me on mm-hmm. your show just now. So in, in yeah. relation to the podcast, mm-hmm. where is it going? Like, where do you see this this movement, this thing that you're doing with your show? What do you want to do with it? And then, <laughs> like, just lead me into the future with it. Yeah. Uh, 
I, so you had numbers. You had a, you had a good numbers. I don't have numbers, but uh, well, I, I guess I do. I, you know what? I I want I want ten thousand men to take up the cross of leadership is what I'll call it. The burden of leadership for their families and for primarily their families, primarily their marriages, right? But then that spills out into the community and all of yeah. that. Um, but take on that burden of leadership and create a world that is humbled before an almighty God. And I can do that. And it's an impossible task. That's the thing is God doesn't call us to things that we can really conceive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's an impossible task, but it, it's it's a worthy task. You know what I'm saying? And, and that I would love to happen is, is 10,000 men to uh, tap into what we're doing, not so that they can, you know, stroke my ego. And that's the thing is I really, I really want to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, I really want to get out of the way. And like I said, I, I just, I really think that what we need and what men need is to, is to get wise and lead their households in wisdom, which ultimately will lead them to, again, receive strength from the father. And so that's really what I I, I want to do. That's where I think the podcast is going, because I think then this is a, a point that I always talk about on my podcast. I think then we can actually be able to build, rebuild a culture because we don't have a culture right now. There's no such thing as American culture. There's no even really such thing as, you know, different places in the world's culture because of social media. It's like a blessing and a curse, right? We're all kind of like a homogenized culture. Mm -hmm. There's like a, a one world government, you know, and I don't mean it in a conspiracy way. I just mean that we all do the same things, right? Mm -hmm. We all dress the same. Right. The standards of beauty are all the same. The standards of uh, of how we dress and how we dance like TikTok has kind of, you know, what I'm saying shifted the world in, in such a way that it, it, it we all do the same things. Right. And so there's really no there's really no culture. And, and it's I would say that it's a it's a very consumer based culture at this point. And what I what I'd like to do is for men to become wise, humble and productive and then create households that are wise humble and productive and rebuild a culture around that. I think that that'll be, you know, if I, if I died tomorrow and did just a little bit of that, even if I didn't hit 10,000, right. And just did a little bit of that. I, I, I die a grateful man. That's awesome. Uh, I want to talk about a pretty dope experience you got to go through yeah. uh, a ways back with hunting. Yes. And before yes. we get into the actual project that you did with Blood Origins, mm -hmm. I want to know what was your experience up to that point of hunting? Like, what was your outlook of hunting before you actually got to go on that experience? And how did you get to that point? Man, um, so I'd always played with the idea because I love, I'm, I'm a kind of, I got a little hippie in me. You know what I mean? I got a little, got a little hippie in me. And so I, 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 I know how to grow food. So okay. I, there was, I started an urban farm nice. uh, back when I was in uh, college. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good time. And, um, and I've always been interested in that probably since I was 18 years old. And my dad kind of got me on that wave. But um, I knew that I couldn't just 
be a vegetarian. So I had to figure out how to get meat. <laughs> so the idea, you know, the idea crossed my mind. And I, I still do want to farm like where I raise beef and stuff like that. Right. But I was like, well, how can I get to it right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't buy land and a cow right now. How can I get to meat right now? Right. And so hunting was something that was always on my mind. And I had always played with the idea. I told my wife about it. And one day my wife was like, you just need to do it. Mm. I want antlers on the wall. Like I want my, I want to look on a wall, see a head at some point and be like, my husband did that. <laughs> nice. And it just, it just flew all over me, man. I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Taking the war paint onto the cheeks and just heading out in the woods. Yeah, dude. And this dude, when you, when you get that kind of blessing from your wife, man, it's just That's like, awesome. okay. We're ready to roll. And so um, my first experience was on my buddy's land with a crossbow, and I missed at like 20 yards. Okay. And the reason why I missed at 20 yards is because I couldn't see out of the scope because I was so nervous. The the, the fog had fogged up my scope, and I couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was shooting. They said, shoot it, man, shoot. I said, I can't see. I can't see. And so I shot, and she, she went flying and warned all of her girlfriends about it, and that was the rap. But um, fast forward to Blood Origins, man. I had Robbie from Blood Origins on my podcast mm-hmm. um, just because we were talking about hunting as a rite of passage for for boys. And uh, after that, he he was like, hey, man, like, I got you. Know, I know you got this project going on. I've got a project going on. I'd really love to have you out. And so we hooked it up, went down to Starkville, Mississippi. Um, and went on, uh, his, his, a friend of his, um, Mitt Wardlaw is his name. Good guy. He was, he, he kind of played my mentor in the documentary. Okay. So it was, it was good. Um, and, and so anyway, yeah, I went down on his land and, uh, with Jesse, Jesse Phillips, the photographer mm-hmm. there. And we, we, we scouted it out. I saw a ton of dough, um, and I didn't take any shots. I mean, we were out there for a good hour, maybe an hour and a half, and I didn't take any shots. And there was finally this one last dough. And I was like, yo, if I don't get this dough, like, I'm not going to be able to eat. I got like that psyched up about it. Like, I'm going to, I got to, you know what I'm saying? And I just psyched myself up. And I, and I told Jesse and I told Mitt and I told Robbie, it was something primal that kicked in at that point. It was like, all right, this is like do or die. Like, either you get this, you bring home the meat or you don't. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, so got it. Shot her, took her down, mm-hmm. went over there where she was, and the f- just seeing that doe there mm-hmm. and what I had done, I was just like, I tell people it's a spiritual experience, but you're never going to understand that until you do that. A lot of people think it's barbaric or whatever, but when you can actually imp- like go out, touch, and bring back sustenance for your family— there's something that it does in a man's life and perhaps in a woman's life as well, but it does something certainly in a man's life where you can actually literally bring home the bacon um, and, and have your wife, you know, consume it. And so we made, you know, we, I took her and we made a carne asada venison taco bowls and it was fire. It was, it was good, bro. It was good. It was good. So yeah, it was the experience I, I, I'm a hunter now. I can't there get out go, of here. So, so I got another one this year. At the beginning nice. of this year, day one, January 1, I went out and got another one. So nice. I'm in it, man. I'm in it's it. All, I, I would love to make it out east one of these years to 
to hunt out there because oh, I have yeah. a couple of friends that have said it's. I mean, it, there's. It's just interesting to me just the different regulations and rules and stuff from state to state and all kinds. Uh, it, yeah. It's just great because I have friends that live in Texas that you know you pay your thing and you get five. <laughs> you know, get five tags it, for a year because you know it's crazy. all it's all lease land and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but. It's just crazy how different everything is. And, you know, just to see the different country and the different terrains and like yeah. out in the, and different parts of nature and different parts of country, just I'd love to make it out, out east some of these times. I mean, I got people that always want to come out to Idaho and, and do <sighs> Western big game hunts and that kind of stuff. What's know? the game out in Idaho, man? I don't, I don't know. So elk, deer, bear. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, wow. We got mountain lion, wolves. Wow. Also, um, there's even moose. Technically, but they're that you don't, you'll never draw a moose tag. I mean, they give out like this is one. Okay. You get, you get like, I mean, you, you, it's a lifetime, it's once in a lifetime tag. So if you draw it, you'll never get it again. But the odds wow. of you actually getting it are basically slim zero. to none. Like I've got, <laughs> I've got one of my, my best friend's dad has applied for it every single year for 30 years and has never gotten it. God and bless so, him. I mean, he's just like, I'll just do it. He's like, one of these days I might get it. And so yeah. <laughs> like that, just that, little, that little taste of possibility keeps him wanting to apply for it every year. But yeah, we got all kinds of stuff out here. So it, it's, it's fun. But uh, I'm curious, like the, because you mentioned kind of the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's one of the things that I think with hunting and especially the people that don't understand it and, or are so vehemently against it, they make these assumptions about the people who are hunters that are, couldn't be farther from the truth about them as mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the term killers, right. Mm-hmm. Just gets thrown around. And if you actually spend time with people who are serious hunters, the actual pulling of the trigger or, or releasing the arrow right? Like that's a, such a tiny fraction of the amount of time that ends up consuming a hunting trip or the hunting experience. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes those people don't actually like the killing of the animal. No. You know what I mean? Like the no. act of actually taking a life is not something not at all. That, that's enjoyable. No, it's a and necessary so thing to get the thing done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's always just part, it's, it's just this tiny part of the experience that is it has to happen because right. that's the circle of, of life. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of it. And so it's, mm. it's just, this always interesting conversation that, you know, unless you're in a place where you can have an honest conversation, mm. they're never going to believe you when you say, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like yeah. just, I've had those, you know, and especially on the internet, you're never going to have a successful conversation on the no. internet, which is why I think what actually what blood orange, blood oranges is doing mm-hmm. is incredible because they're, it is, they're putting out the positive messages of hunting in a way that even if you've never had any experience or you're so anti against it, you can watch this and understand. Even if you don't ever come around to be a hunter yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like you mm-hmm. understand it a little bit better. And I think that's kind of the whole point to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm just... It was such a cool. Yours was dope. I loved watching yours. Thank you, man. Uh, but we had a just, great time. Yeah, just everything that they do. I'm just like so pumped every time a new one comes out because I'm just like, oh, yeah. they do such a good job. You know what I mean? They don't miss. Yeah, but Robbie and them don't miss. Like it's yeah. it, every every episode. And what I what I love about them, man, is that it's it's taking people from all over the place, right? Yeah. They, I think they had like a. Mm-hmm. I think they had like a like a a, a feminist woman on there, which mm-hmm. is not is not a problem. But you you normally don't like when you it's and it's 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 a problem that we think in these categories that right. hunter Republican 
whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? They or also fit into all these other boxes that we just assume. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's the thing that I try to tell people whenever we have this conversation is take your politics and really like kind of throw them over there. Right. Yeah. Or something, because what we're really talking about here is being human. Like mm-hmm. that's what we're really getting at. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, what a lot of, you know, your work and my work is about is, all right, let's get to, all right, being a, a, a man that's human, right? Mm-hmm. Being a woman that's human. Let's get the politics out of the way. How does this dynamic really work? And the reality is something has to die. Right. That's the nature of the thing. Right. And frankly, if you eat vegetables, something has to die. Yeah. That plant's not alive when you cut it. Well, That's not a only dead that, plant. but just the aspect of growing all of that. I mean, yes. if you think about the actual living things, lives that are impacted by farming yes. in general. I mean, there's nothing yes. that you can consume that doesn't result in the loss of a living thing's Death. life in, in some capacity. It's just, a matter, it's just a matter of where you're drawing the line on what's considered mm-hmm. valuable, right? Because mm-hmm. some people exactly. will draw that line at just wild game, but like, okay, if we're going to have all these massive farms that are going to move all these rodents and stuff or destroy all these habitats, <laughs> where are they in that, in that scale? Exactly. You mm-hmm. know, it's just an interesting way to look at it. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. people miss that, which is why I think what, what they're doing is so cool. And another thing I love that they're doing is like the, the international stuff. Like yes. looking at the stuff in Africa specifically with and taking on the challenge of trying to represent trophy hunting in a positive way is mm-hmm. huge because it that's was. The, that's, the, yeah. that's the thing that like everybody has such uh, even even people that are hunters will tell you like I have a hard time with this mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. they're even saying like mm-hmm. this is helping these people that live in these areas in these tribes because you can't ever take the meat out of the country. So you're like, no. when you, when you, when you take a life or you kill an animal over there, it's feeding people for weeks. <laughs> like, wow. You know? And it's, wow. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just a crazy thing to think about. And so that's, I just love the way that they do that. One of the things I brought up, they do. if you, if you don't follow him or haven't listened to him speak before, his name is Shane Mahoney. Okay. Shane Mahoney. Okay. And uh, he's a wildlife biologist and he's Canadian He's got a really dope voice. I could listen to him talk forever, uh, (laughs) which is cool. But he talks about about the the statistics of if hunting were completely removed from the United States, like it would be impossible to feed everybody because so many people consume wild game meat as protein. Like it's in the tens and tens of millions of pounds of of meat. He's like, where are we going to make that up? Like, wow. and, and you know, you don't think about the people that bring an elk home and then they take, they give 40 pounds of it to the food bank neighbor. of their church or yes. like they feed their neighbors and their friends mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Like that stuff kind of gets lost a lot, which there's so much in the world of hunting that people just, you know, not that they don't think about, but they don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just think it's such a cool, I mean, like I always love watching new hunter experiences, which is why like, I wanted to ask you about it because I just think it's yeah. such a cool thing. So Yeah, it was a huge, huge blessing and an opportunity. I, I, I thank Robbie to this day uh, for what he was able to do for, for my life and for my family's life because I'll tell you, the look she gave me, my wife, mm-hmm. when I brought home that meat, mm-hmm. blood all over me, and then I went down there and I cooked it. Oh, man. Awesome, you, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on that, Ross. Really? It's yeah. invaluable, man. It's invaluable. So it's just a blessing. It really is, man. Now you've got, now you're bit by the bug. 
dude. Now oh, I got it. I got it bad. <laughs> I got it bad. I got it. I got, I'm, I'm already, me and my buddy are already scouting some places. We getting some feeders together for, for some property we mm-hmm. have access to, man. We're, we're, we're ready to roll. <laughs> I love it. It's so awesome. Well, uh, we'll get wrapped up here, man. I really appreciate awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. It was fun. I'm sure we'll do more of these in the future, man. Definitely. And, uh, where can everybody find out your show, you, what's going on on socials, where to find you? Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, my stuff is on Instagram. So mm-hmm. being husband pod, that's being husband P-O-D on Instagram. Podcast is everywhere you can get them. I mean, it's Apple, it's Podbean, it's mm-hmm. Stitcher, it's uh, I think Spotify, I think it's on Spotify too, nice. uh, Anchor, anywhere you can get them, man. Uh, you, you can find us as being husband. And I, I think we're the only people that have that title. So <laughs> yeah, that makes it being easy. husband should be pretty easy to find. Yep. <laughs> Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate you coming on and we'll we'll do it again soon, all right? Sounds good, Ross. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show today. Hope you really enjoyed the conversation with Jonathan. It was a fun one. Um, at the time of this release, I don't believe my interview is up with him on his podcast yet, uh, but I think it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So uh, depending on when you listen to this, it may or may not be up, but I will be sharing it when he posts it on his channels and stuff as well. So you can go listen to our conversation over on his podcast. And I encourage you to just go listen to his podcast anyways, because it's awesome. Uh, so before we head out of here, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, go to nomad.com strength.com and do that. You'll be the first to know all of the good things and the weekly wrap ups of the episodes from that week and uh, some other things that I just find interesting that I do exclusively for the newsletter audience. So uh, thank you guys. Hope you have a good couple of days before the next Thursday show and I'll talk to y'all soon. Mm-hmm.